When you have six, they'll let you do it. We all know it is totally fine to be completely mentally compromised in the House of Representatives, but this is the Senate, damn it. <laughs> personal inquiry. Point of personal inquiry. There's no, no such thing. <laughs> Point of personal accident insurance, Judson. That woman is a fucking car wreck. <laughs> What a play that was. Unlike the centuries-long struggles of black people in this country, that play is going to go down in history books, Judson. <laughs> and they'll be able to talk about it in Florida. <laughs> exactly. It's like the Democrats paid these people off. Let's pay them off. Let's make it look like the Republicans can't govern and don't deserve any gavels whatsoever. But they did it for free! <laughs> <laughs> Have you, I don't know if it's buffed or boofed, how do you pronounce that? That refers to flatulence. We were 16. Shock, dismay, confusion. You're listening to Facts and Friends. Welcome to this. Joe Biden is the guy they're going to call at three in the morning if there's a serious crisis with Russia. Episode of the Facts and Friends podcast. <laughs> Oh, Don Jr., please, please get help. I feel like he he didn't have enough Coke before that one. He was on a downer for sure. I don't know why. Yeah, ex exactly. Coming off the bender. I, I don't know. That wasn't his usual perky self. That's all. Also, I really hope we get to see his laptop someday. <laughs> I... I do Should not I be careful what I wish that for? motion. Yeah, I do not wish to see that. <laughs> My name is Tino, and... And joining me this week is my friend and co-host. Most of you know him as the head of carbon fiber testing and PS2 controller battery maintenance for Ocean Gate Tours. Oh, but, but I, <laughs> I know Man. him as Judson. Hello, Judson. I mean, I only killed five people this time, apparently. <laughs> I don't, I, there's probably been jobs you've given me that have been responsible for more casualties. Oh, definitely. And maybe the collapse of Western civilization. <laughs> Judson was on vacation our last two scheduled recording days, and none of our guest hosts were available, which is why we were off a couple weeks. But we are back, and as usual, there is is so much to cover and a staggering amount of it has to do with setting the United States back 50 years. 50 might be underselling At some least. of it, yeah. The meat of this week's episode will be the Supreme Court shit show and parts of it will probably be pretty angry. Judson and I <laughs> are, uh, how do you say, pissed. It's like perpetual state these days. Ah, uh, but there are flare-ups. And, and this past week, was, I know. there was some fucking flare-ups. <laughs> but I think an hour of Supreme Court ranting and raving would just be too depressing. Starry strict scrutiny. You did multiple hours of it. <laughs> but, uh, That's their job, though. That's what they do. <laughs> they're excellent. I'm going to plug them uh, again later. We're also going to catch up on some news that we missed while Judson was on vacation. Those stories will involve large bodies of water, horrible, reckless ideas, implosion, incest, Donald Trump, or some combination <laughs> of those things. Oh, my God. After the news roundup, we'll put on our gray water waders and tackle the cesspool of corruption and lawlessness that is the U.S. Supreme Court. Yep. Then we'll end the show on a fun note as Judson will once again apply his keen deductive skills in a supersized <laughs> game of the mask right winger. <laughs> oh, I've been prepping this game for two weeks, Judson, with the goal of making sure I could beat even the most terminally online. I mean, you have the advantage right now. I do, because you were away. Well, I was away, and now Twitter's broken, so which I'm sure we'll get to at some <laughs> point. So 
yeah, I don't know where I'm going to be terminally online anymore. <laughs> so you were on vacation, Judson. I, I think I you told me you were on standby for some sort of extreme tourism Titanic suicide adventure, but you got bumped by some billionaire. Is I mean, it's, it saved me 250 grand. So let's be honest. I'm not, I'm not really broken up about it. Did you go anywhere cool? I, I went to Ohio. Okay, so no. Let's get to the news. <laughs> Judson, while you were out taking in the unparalleled art and culture of Ohio, <laughs> there was quite a bit of maritime news. I am speaking of the biggest tragedy at sea that all the networks, social media, and online news outlets were covering wall to wall last week. That is, of course, the Greek fishing boat disaster that claimed hundreds of lives, many of them children. Um, I mean, I heard about it. I'm being told that was not the story that dominated all the news. No, it was not the story. Apparently, some billionaires died because some careless asshole rich white guy thought safety was for suckers. That is correct. Okay. Circle gets the square. I'm a little confused, though. How is that a bigger story than over 500 humans, at least a quarter of which were kids, losing their lives? Um, the B word. Oh, there were brown. Okay, both both of the B words, I guess. Billionaires on one hand and brown people on the other. I have to confess, I was also somewhat guilty in terms of like being far more interested in the missing billionaire extreme tourists. But but maybe not for the same reasons as most of the rest of people. You couldn't get away from it anyway, even if you tried. So I was transfixed by this uh, submersible story because of the irony and the, the tragic comedy, em emphasis on comedy there. I, mean, I was all set to write a song parody about the Titan. And my real struggle there was just trying to decide whether to go with Under the Sea or My Heart Will Go On as the source material. <laughs> but you shut it down. I mean, well, there's nothing funny about the shipwreck off the coast of Greece. A fishing boat with a 400-person capacity was packed with over 700 asylum seekers from Pakistan, Egypt, Syria, Afghanistan, and Palestine. These were displaced people desperate to make a better life for themselves and their families. From poverty and food insecurity to violence and persecution, these people were driven from their homes. No, Tino. No, we're not even talking about the submersible right now. <laughs> All right. So it's not uncommon for asylum seekers like the ones lost in the June 14th shipwreck to try to cross the central Mediterranean Sea, which is one of the world's deadliest migration routes. Another overcrowded fishing boat was lost in 2015 when it collided with a freighter off the coast of Libya that was trying to come to its rescue. In that accident, over a thousand people are believed to have lost their lives. Just this year, in fact, at least 1,039 people are missing from central Mediterranean crossings. But that number is probably absurdly low, as so many of those shipwrecks aren't reported. Per Rescue.org, the International Organization of Migration has tallied more than 27,000 missing migrants in the Mediterranean since 2014. Up there the lands all erode, down here the billionaires implode. Bye-bye high rollers with console controllers under the sea. You are a horrible human being. <laughs> Honestly, I'm going to start a GoFundMe to raise $250,000 for you to go see the record of the Titanic. <laughs> we may be struggling to get patrons, but I bet even the hate listeners would chip in for that. Touche. That's fair. Please, everyone, do your part to help refugees around the world. Head over to the International Rescue Committee's webpage at rescue.org. There you can learn about the plight of refugees and how you can help. Judson, Caitlyn Jenner and Lance Armstrong started whoa, a podcast whoa, about whoa. You're going to just jump from one to the other? <laughs> that I need a second. <laughs> what do you want me to do? Help the fucking refugees. We're just, 
begging for people to help refugees around the, the world. The people we're about to talk about are beyond helping. <laughs> All right. No, no. Go ahead. Tell me about Caitlyn Jenner and Lance Armstrong. Caitlyn Jenner and Lance Armstrong started a podcast about fairness in sports this week, Judson. So they call it the odd couple. It appears to be a thinly veiled attempt. Sorry. It appears to be a not at all veiled, not even a little attempt to grab some cash. <laughs> By shitting on transgender people. Here, let me offer you a veil because you didn't bother to get one of your own. Man, Lance Armstrong participating in a podcast about fairness in sports. Not even just participating, but isn't he like, wasn't he like, like driving the conversation? I think so. Yeah. I have not listened to the podcast for, but I hope are obvious reasons. <laughs> in a related story, Judson and I are super excited to announce our latest project. We are launching a brand new podcast next month where we offer our opinions on professionalism and tasteful restraint in podcasting. <laughs> stay, stay tuned. Very professional song lyrics uh, are some of the topics we cover. And I didn't even do the uh, My Heart Will Go On version of the Ocean Gate song parody I started writing. Boom, squish, just food for the fish. And we grieve that it wasn't enough. <laughs> All right, so we didn't really spend any time on the Titan submersible story, so let's cover a different implosion, that of Donald J. Trump. Uh, from your lips. What's going on with the latest Trump indictment? That's the federal indictment for those having trouble keeping track of all the Trump indictments at home. I was going to ask if Georgia had come in. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it's just going to get harder, folks. Yeah. Breaking news. Wait, what? No, that can't be right. Our imaginary producer, Judson, is in my ear telling me Trump has been all but exonerated in the classified documents indictment. Is our producer Trump? <laughs> is his name John Barron? It might be. Some other alias that I can't remember right now. Don Quartermus. <laughs> that's a deep fucking cut. That's a real deep cut. Yeah. yeah. I guess a tape of Trump leaked or spun or dribbled or seeped, spewed. I don't know. No, I think seeped was right. That's okay. the one. Seep it, seepage definitely seems his speed. Well, Trump went to Bullshit Social to comment on the sound. Judson would you like to read his bullshit? I would be delighted. <laughs> okay. I promise I have you reading good stuff later on. It's fine. It's fine. This we had a listener actually complain that I always make you read the bad stuff, <laughs> which reminds me, can you tell your mother to lose my fucking email address? <laughs> okay. The deranged special prosecutor, Jack Smith, working in conjunction with DOJ and FBI, illegally leaked and Bun, a tape and transcript of me, which is actually an exoneration rather than what they would have you believe. This continuing witch hunt is another election interference scam. They are cheaters and thugs. Okay, so it's an exoneration. You notice it doesn't say how it's an exoneration. Well, right? let's listen to the tape and decide for ourselves. Sure. These are bad, sick people. That, but, that was your coup, you know. Against you. That's well, it started they, right at the like beginning. Like when Millie's talking about, oh, you were going to try to do a kid. No, they, they were trying right. to do that before you even were sworn in. That's right. Trying yeah. to overthrow your election. Well, with Millie, uh, let me see that. I'll, I'll show you an example. He said that I wanted to attack Iran. I, isn't it amazing? I have a big pile of papers. This thing just came up. Look. This was him. They presented me this. This is off the record, but 
they presented me this. This was him. This was the Defense Department and him. Wow. We looked at some. This was him. This wasn't done by me. This was him. Yeah. All sorts of stuff. It's pages long. Look. <laughs> Wait a minute. Let's see here. <laughs> Yeah. I just found, isn't that amazing? This totally wins my case, you know. Mm -hmm. Except it is like highly confidential, yeah. <laughs> secret. This is secret information. <laughs> look, look at this. You attack. And Hillary would print that out all the time, you know. <laughs> send it, email. No, she'd send it to yeah. Anthony Weiner. Yeah, yeah. The pervert. Um, by the way, isn't that incredible? Though? Yeah. I was just saying, because we were talking about it. <laughs> And you know, he said he wanted to attack Iran and what? He's in the papers. This was done by the military, given to me. Uh, I think we can probably. Right? I don't know. We'll, we'll have to see. Yeah, we'll have to try to figure out. A, a, yeah. See, as president, I could have declassified. Yeah. It. Now I can't. You know, but this is. Yeah. Classified. Now we have a problem. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. It's so yeah. cool. Yeah. I mean, it's so. I'm look. We here and I have. A, and you probably almost didn't believe me, but now you believe me. No, it's, I believe It's incredible, you. right? No, they, hey, bring some, uh, bring some cokes in, please. Okay, so it's clearly an exoneration, Judson. You keep using the horn. <laughs> I don't think it means what you think it means. It, in fact, I would have to agree with... Uh, um, Inigo Montoya? I was going to say the actor's name, Mandy Patinkin. <laughs> but yes, Inigo Montoya. I so after that tape dropped, Judson, Trump came up with an all-new, super flimsy defense... He was lying on the tape. As his defenses go, that's one of the more believable <laughs> ones. Yeah, I was going to say, I can't say he's wrong. Would you read this quote from an interview he did with ABC News? Trump said, I would say it was bravado if you want to know the truth. It was bravado. I, I was talking and just holding up papers and talking about them, but I had no documents. I, I didn't have any documents. Okay. It was bravado. All right. So can you, Justin, can you take us through the Trump documents excuses timeline? Sure. Sure. It's, um, I didn't have classified documents. Okay. I declassified them with my mind right. and didn't tell anyone. Right. The classified documents were planted. Oh, of course. I was too busy to notice or comply with a subpoena. Oh, I love scrapbooking. <laughs> He's a sentimental guy. I bring my work home with me because I work really hard. I'm allowed to have any documents I want, no matter what. I'm a braggadocious liar. Okay, okay, I gotta say, one of those sounds pretty believable. And yet, it's the one I believe the least. Yeah, no, he's <laughs> he's a fucking crook. It absolutely tracks. If that was the first thing he had said, okay, fine, he's a liar, we got it. Okay, but after all that, after all we've seen, all we've heard, all we had already previously suspected. We already have a transcript of him saying that he knew he couldn't declassify them. It's in the clip we just heard. Yes, exactly. Well, despite Trump's recent federal indictment on 37 counts, he's decided to help Jack Smith prosecute the already incredibly strong case against him by admitting guilt as frequently as possible. This is him talking to Brett Baer last week. But according to the indictment, you then tell this aide to move to other locations after telling your lawyers to say you'd fully complied with the subpoena when you hadn't. But before I send boxes over, I have to take all of my things out. These boxes were interspersed with all sorts of things. Uh, golf shirts, clothing, pants, shoes. There were many things. I would say much, much more. Not that I know of, but not that I know of. Jack Smith has to be so happy Trump is doing his job for him. 
I don't understand where Trump finds the time between incriminating himself in E. Jean Carroll's suit and then after losing that, incriminating himself again in her second suit. Right. I mean, wh- where does he find the time to incriminate himself in an additional indictment that he's under? I don't understand. I'm worried he's not going to be able to make time for the uh, Georgia lawsuit. <laughs> well, I think Lindsay will take care of that for him. So. And what about January 6th? <laughs> it's true. There's, there's a lot of things. He's got a lot on his plate. He's very busy. He's a very hard worker, Tino. <laughs> That's why he didn't answer the subpoena. Well, I gotta say, I don't understand how this guy is being allowed to essentially keep fertilizing the seeds of violence and sedition in our country. Didn't he even recently dox Barack Obama? He did. And wasn't a January 6th traitor arrested near Obama's house, near that address? Armed? As he seemingly was planning to attack the house? Yes, that is a thing that I heard happened. And I feel like if I had done that, if I had doxed the former president, Barack Obama, I would not be on this show right now. Unless you could do a podcast while in police custody. <laughs> unless, unless they, unless like Andrew Tate, I'm allowed to give podcasts while I'm in prison. Yeah. Or under house arrest or whatever. He's Only with now. Tuckums. Only with Tuckums. And no socks. No socks allowed. Well, Judson, in a sign that this investigation was going from bad to worse for all involved, federal prosecutors interviewed one Rudolph Giuliani last week. <laughs> oh, Wow, what a treat. <laughs> Not good for Trump and definitely no picnic for the poor schlub's task with actually doing the interview. <laughs> exactly. I-, I would say in the interest of basic human rights, I sure hope Jack Smith gave those prosecutors interrogating him a, a can or two of Febreze. The answer that I gave you is they didn't bother to interview a single witness. <laughs> I can't ever remember if you did that or if that's what actually happened. No, that's the real one. I can never remember though which one. <laughs> I had done a lot of fake Giuliani farts, but that, you have, and that's why it's hard for me to remember. That is the original article. They all sort of blur together in one long <laughs> symphony of flatulence. <laughs> well, Judson, you can rest easy because Trump isn't doing this for himself. Strangely, the this in that sentence doesn't make much sense. He's not incriminating himself for himself? Sure. Because Trump has no control over what's <laughs> happening to him right now. Well, I mean, apart from choosing whether or not to further incriminate himself. You're right. He has no control. But Judson, Trump is being indicted not for him, but for you. Democrats, Marxists, communists, and fascists indict me. I consider it a badge, a great, great, beautiful badge of honor and courage. Because I'm being indicted for you. (laughs) Justin, what do you think all the badges in the Mega Scouts are? I mean, clearly there's an indictment badge, right? Are there separate badges, though, for state and federal indictments? Oh, definitely. Okay. Uh, one for each state, actually, too. So there's a wow. lot that, is, that he doesn't currently have. I'm just thinking that January 6th. Good thing he's so fat. There's a lot of real estate for those badges. <laughs> sure, but it's it's all in the sash, right? I, I picture him like not like a Boy Scout, but like in a Girl Scout uniform, kind of, with the sa- <laughs> with that, the one sash going around. Glad I haven't had dinner yet. <laughs> Maybe you picture him in just the sash. <laughs> I don't. I don't. But now I do. Damn it. <laughs> Oh, no. There's got to be a racism badge, right? I'm sure there is. Sexual assault badge, maybe? He has the set. Yeah. Gotta catch them all. (laughs) He has also tried so hard to earn the get a person in your inner circle killed badge, and it just keeps eluding him. I mean, Chris Christie with the COVID, Mike Pence with the hanging. (laughs) 
One final badge Trump has been struggling to add to his impressive collection is one of the most commonly earned by many of his supporters. And of course, Judson is the incest badge. Oh, God. According to a new book by former Trump administration official Miles Taylor. Anonymous. Anonymous guy. That's right. Trump often sexualized his daughter, Ivanka. Now, we'd already seen some evidence of this in the past. If Ivanka weren't my daughter, perhaps I'd be dating her. Well, Taylor writes in his new book that, quote, Aid said he talked about Ivanka Trump's breasts her backside, and what it might be like to have sex with her, close quote. Taylor also wrote that Trump's remarks were so off-putting that John Kelly, former White House chief of staff, once had, quote, to remind the president that Ivanka was his daughter. I don't think he had to do that. He felt like he had to, which kind of tells you where things were. In a similar interview, or perhaps even the same one about whether or not he'd be dating his daughter, he was asked what he and Ivanka have in common. And his reply in front of people was sex. That was his reply. That's what he and his daughter have in common. Now, all joking about rampant incest in Magadonia aside. (laughs) Joking? Is it joking, Tino? Certainly Trump (laughs) supporters would recoil in horror at this news. Right, Judson? Right? Um, Please tell me I'm right. Why do we keep getting to a point in the show where I make an assumption that in any other timeline would be absolutely right, but for some reason isn't in this one? I'm not in your head, man. I can't tell you why you say these things. (laughs) Tell us what Victoria had to say about this allegation, Judson. Victoria is some random maggot on Twitter. Yeah. What Donald Trump said out loud, millions of fathers with gorgeous, sexy daughters think about. You think fathers whose daughters end up in Playboy or are actresses slash models who use their sex appeal to promote their attributes don't fantasize about them? It's called being human. Judson. I'm going to need to vomit. You're uh, the show's... Just a minute. Just a minute. Go ahead. Go, go ahead. What, I'm the you show's... You are wife. the show's expert on being a father of daughters. <laughs> Between the two of us, I guess that <laughs> makes me the expert, sure. Now, while I don't feel we need an expert opinion here, would you please give yours, provided you're done vomiting? Uh, just... Play the vomiting sounds again. I think that's all we need. It's it's absurd. It's absolutely absurd. That's your guy, Maggots. That's not normal. There are not millions of fathers around the world or this country who think these things. You're telling on yourself a whole hell of a lot when that's your defense. That's your guy. We'll be right back. Hey, FNFers, Tino here. I wanted to take a minute to tell you about a new way to support the Facts and Friends podcast. You can become a supporting listener by subscribing to our Patreon page at patreon.com slash factsandfriends, all spelled out. Between our hosting service, recording equipment, and editing and production software licenses, it costs us a decent amount to make this show for you, so we were hoping you might help us at least break even. So what's in it for you? Well, first of all, you'll help keep the show on the air. But wait, there's more. All supporters will get access to the Facts and Friends Discord server, where you can interact with the Facts and Friends community, including me and Judson. And a few lucky supporters may get to read some classified military documents. Judson and I are deeply grateful for any support you can give. And we will prove it by personally recognizing each and every Patreon supporter on the air. We're also re-releasing a ton of episodes from Judson and I's old show, The UnPR Podcast. And those are exclusively available to our Patreon supporters. Here's a little taste of what that's like. There's a penis museum in Iceland. So they preserve (laughs) penises in formaldehyde. 
Oh, Yep, no. yep, yep. All shapes and sizes. They have penises and penile parts from all different animals, mammals, whales to bears. It started out as a joke and it grew from there, much like many penises we all know, I'm mm. sure. <laughs> but actually, you know what? I, I think we have someone better to explain this. We actually have a correspondent in the field right now. I'm going to turn it over to our correspondent in the field, Tino. Hi, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> I'm here. The penis is down. <laughs> I can't talk on. <laughs> Cool. <laughs> Bye. You should totally go see it. <laughs> so please do help keep the show on the air by supporting us over at patreon.com slash facts and friends. And if you already have, thank you so very much. So where to start on the Supreme Court? I don't know. You tell me. So while I'm sure we agree that this court is unethical, corrupt, lawless, activist, and illegitimate. Right. We agree on that. Uh, yes, we agree on all those points. OK, I'm not sure we necessarily agree on the solutions and we'll get deeper into solutions at the end of this segment. But let me tell you where I am right now, Judson. OK, I'm at nuclear option. I think we should simply disregard their lawless, unconstitutional decisions. All of the ones they hand down. That's where I am. I'm OK with that, actually. Oh, OK. We'll talk a little bit more about that and the repercussions of that at the end of this, because there are repercussions. Sure. But first, let's talk about their latest examples of corruption. Now, here at Facts and Friends, we've been tracking the their corruption levels throughout season oh, three. I forgot that. At our last check, Judson, they were at a 13 on a scale of one to 10. What was the last thing we had heard? Okay. I'm going to walk through what got them to 13. Okay, good. They have no code of ethics. They have no oversight body for a code of conduct. They have no mechanism to review complaints or investigate misconduct. They have no penalties for conduct violations. Also helping them to 13 were the reports of Clarence Thomas seemingly being bought by billionaire conservative Harlan Crow, who gifted Thomas and his wife lavish vacations, trips on private jets. They paid for Thomas's relatives extremely expensive prep school tuition. Thomas's wife also collected hundreds of thousands of dollars from conservative organizations with business before the court, none of which was reported. Thomas's mom's rent oh i forgot about his mom's rent free <laughs> there's a lot man <laughs> the score also includes amy coney barrett's frightening ties to extreme religious groups with the mission of injecting their views into the law at every level it includes john robert's wife making millions as a high-end legal headhunter for firms arguing cases before the court while she had no previous headhunting experience the score includes brett kavanaugh having his credit card debt paid off by interested parties it includes gorsuch accepting posh trips to europe for cushy quote-unquote teaching gigs not to mention his undisclosed property deals. It includes Alito leaking the Hobby Lobby birth control decision and he probably leaked stops too but we'll never know. <laughs> yes, we will never know. It also doesn't finally includes Alina Kagan refusing a gift of locks and bagels because it would look inappropriate. Otherwise, we might have been at 14 already. I cannot believe that she would even consider accepting a gift of locks and bagels. I mean, obviously she ultimately refused it, but the mere appearance of the impropriety. When you live in a culture of corruption, Judson, you can play tricks on your mind. <laughs> oh, God. Well, since then, we've learned some new things. Yes, we have. Associate Supreme Court Justice and suspected kicker of puppies, the really cute ones, Sam Alito. <laughs> 
was also accepting and not reporting free luxury vacations from right-wing billionaires, one in particular, with cases in front of the court. I also believe Alito was in the majority in an opinion awarding that very billionaire's company over $2 billion. But he caught a really big fish, Tino. So, I mean, it sort of balances it out, right? Instead of calling him Sam Alito, some people are calling him Sam and Lito. <laughs> well, how did we learn about this um, corrupt behavior, Judson? <laughs> because he told us? That's right. <laughs> Against established journalistic ethics. Because ethics are beneath Sam Alito, let's be I honest. Mean, he, there's no code. Who's going to hold him accountable? He wrote an op-ed defending himself from a yet unpublished report by ProPublica about the unreported gifts from billionaires with business before the court. Yeah. He only knew the ProPublica story was coming because they'd sent him questions for it, like responsible journalists. <laughs> so I put it to you, Judson. What is the Supreme Court of the United States corruption score as of right now, July 1st, 2023? I think you just said it. It's 23. I think we're at 23. <laughs> oh, wow. I love the fact that we we have absolutely confirmed ProPublica's reporting because Alito felt he had to get an op-ed out responding to it before it even dropped. That is not the action of an innocent man. That's a guy running distraction after distraction, trying to get ahead of the story before. That, that is Elon Musk coming out and saying, now that I'm on the right side instead of the left side, they're going to come after me right before the sexual harassment articles dropped. I find the mysterious nature of his relationship with the Wall Street Journal to be concerning. It's of great concern, but I don't think it's I don't think it's mysterious. Well, we don't know the details. He caught lots of different kinds of fish. We salmon with the one guy, but there's lots of fish out there, Tino. I guess. Again, gotta catch them all. In terms of the latest decisions of this court, <laughs> I'm reminded of a couple quotes, Judson. First is one from a former coach from the National Football League, that's American football, who will probably actually only be remembered for this quote. Now, we've adapted it to replace the Chicago Bears with the right-wing majority on the Supreme Court, but here is the quote. The far-right Supreme Court are who we thought they were. Now, if you want to crown them, then crown their ass. But they are who we thought they were. And we let them off the hook. Well, hopefully we don't let them off the hook, Denny Green. I mean, Alito never lets them off the hook. <laughs> well, poor fisherman right there. As long as the trip's free. <laughs> the second quote is from a seven and a half year old tweet from one Hillary Rodham Clinton. <laughs> Judson, please do the honors. I get to read a good one. Hillary Clinton tweeted, a Republican president could stack the Supreme Court with justices who will rip away all of the progress we've made. And that was obviously before the 2016 election. Oh, never Hillary people. Particularly those of you on the left, you helped make this America. If you're a progressive or even an independent or a moderate Democrat or a moderate Republican, pretty much anything I'm not other crazy person, anything other than a far right lunatic and you voted for Trump or a third party or you wrote in Oprah Winfrey, I'm looking at you, brother. <laughs> you own part of making this country the hellscape that it is in 2023. You own a part of taking away our constitutional rights. You own the suffocating student debt of 43 million young people. If you want to come on this show, I'm talking to you. If you want to come on this show and tell me why I'm wrong, you send me a DM or email. I don't care. I will book you fucking tomorrow. I got nothing to add. Do it. Do it. I did say we're pissed off, Judson. <laughs> Okay. Sorry. Not sorry. <laughs> the latest lawless decisions paving the way to a new far-right, Christo-fascist United States. Let's get to them. Let's start with the one that's 
not so much offensive and unconstitutional as it is just batshit crazy, Judson. Okay. In a surprise move, after we thought all the decisions had been handed down, the Supreme Court of the United States announced on Saturday morning that they would be limiting the number of tweets people can read for free on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> I think beyond that being a tragic, comically terrible idea, they've overstepped their authority here, Judson. <laughs> I, I don't. Was that the Supreme Court? I thought so. Am I mixing up my far right douchebags making terrible decisions? I mean, given Twitter's janky state right now, I'm not sure that I follow the news as closely as I should be. But I think that was Elon Musk. But you're right. That would definitely be overstepping their bounds. <laughs> it's also a terrible idea. OK, so not a bad Supreme Court decision, just a bad decision by a white supremacist. I will concede that point. Yes. All right. This next decision is also a head scratcher, though this one was more in line with the Supreme Court's conservative majority's embrace of sowing bigotry into the very fabric of the law. Judson, the Supreme Court of the United States declared the term cis or cisgendered to be a slur punishable <laughs> by exile. <laughs> that was also Elon Musk. <laughs> oh, shit. Well, he would make a fine addition to the Roberts Court, I think. Oh, my God. All right. Just a little levity before we get into the real shit. So enough of the Elon Musk idiocy and, and bigotry. I wanted to look at the three most recent decisions. There are other decisions that we're not talking about. Yeah, but there's a dozen or more in the end of the term, right? Yeah. The ones we are going to talk about are the student debt relief decision, the affirmative action and college admissions decision, and the decision to make it a right for businesses to discriminate against LGBTQ plus people. <sighs> it's been a fun week. Yeah. Can I go back on vacation? <laughs> you are going back on vacation. I am, in fact, going back on vacation. Yes. We would be recording tomorrow <laughs> if you weren't. So let's start with student loan forgiveness. I think this, while it has the most measurable immediate impact, you know, 43 million people sure. would have been forgiven $10,000 to $20,000. It's also probably the least concerning for me. Yeah. Um, that's because Biden already has a plan to sort of not necessarily circumvent the decision. Yeah, it's to circumvent the decision. He's going to forgive the debt under a different law. Exactly. But let's talk about standing in this case, in that there isn't any. They don't care about that anymore, though, right? No, they don't. They don't care about precedent. They don't care about standing. Yeah. In a unanimous opinion about one of the student loan forgiveness cases, they found that there was absolutely no standing. This was the one, I think, brought by students. In the other case, the Republican Republicans on the court found that the states that sued did have standing. Listen to the brilliant host of Strict Scrutiny explain the court's contortion of reason to insist one of the states, Missouri, had standing in this case. For the other case involving the states, I think standing was a much tougher question. And the court found this really narrow sliver of an opening by determining that Missouri, which operates this nonprofit, Mohila, which has some business in the administration of student loans, like the fact that Mohila existed gave Missouri sufficient ties to an injury to allow it to have standing. And I think that is just a more tenuous claim. Let me just say, <laughs> Missouri doesn't operate Mohila. Yes. Mohila okay. independently. I'm not really full stop. The funds are separate. The court says that Missouri <laughs> operates Mohila. Whether in fact Mohila is operated by Missouri is apparently yeah, an open it's question. It's definitely not. <laughs> 
All right. So again, that's the sliver, like by reframing Mohila as an entity operated by the state of Missouri, which it is not. The court finds that Missouri at least has standing. And that apparently opens the door for this case to actually be reviewed. If you think about this case in tandem with 303 Creative, who the fuck cares about standing? Like, I mean, you'll either ignore it entirely or make up facts that give you standing so that you can get to it. If you want to get to this merits question, you're the YOLO court. You're going to do it. And apparently, when you have six, they let you do what you want. Okay, returning to Mohila, what the majority reasons is that essentially under the Secretary of Education's plan, roughly half of all federal borrowers would have their loans completely discharged. And Mohila, this loan servicing entity, could no longer service closed accounts. And that would cost it, by Missouri's estimate, some $44 million a year in fees that it would otherwise have earned. Okay, that's what Missouri says. Mohila... Would like a word because it says that's actually not true at all. Uh, the American Prospect had some great reporting suggesting that Mohila basically did not get into this litigation, was not even aware of the lawsuit until it was filed, and very explicitly didn't want anything to do with it. So there was some public records request for documents inside Mohila, and those records revealed employees like reacting to news about the litigation and basically saying, you know, Why do internally, these I think Mohila. Us, like, like. Uh, and one of them saying to the other, I think Mohila was opposed to this move, <laughs> meaning the lawsuit, but couldn't do anything about it. The And then says the Missouri attorney general needed to claim that our borrowers were harmed for standing. <laughs> so they're making us look bad by filing this, not only with Missouri on it, but especially bad because they filed it in Missouri. So basically like Mohila knows that they are, they are a pawn in Missouri's effort just to gin up a standing case. So the tiny sliver that the Federalist Society stooges grasped at to establish standing in this case is complete bullshit. Well, on top of that, even just the way they framed it was bullshit because outside of the fact that the facts clearly are wrong, the problem was that a nonprofit wasn't going to make as much money? When it was going to make more. Irrespective of that, like, okay, so a nonprofit's going to lose a little money and that lets It's just important that that's a lie. All of it's a lie, apparently. But, like, that's your rationale? It doesn't make any sense. So, we mentioned Biden is just going to use another statute, that the buck does not stop with the Supreme Court on this. Right. But I don't want to lose sight of the fact that the court went out of its way to ignore the lack of standing so it could undo a major campaign promise of the sitting president of the United States, likely weakening his reelection bid. No, and they're just going to do it again under the, the new statute that he's going to use. There's going to be another suit, and they're going to ignore precedent. They're going to make up statutes. Standing, they're going to do whatever it is they want to do because when you have six, they let you do it. A big part of these bullshit decisions that they've been handing down is something called the major questions doctrine. We don't really have time to get into that and we're not constitutional law scholars, so oh, we won't. Speak for your, no, no, we're not. We're not. <laughs> <laughs> I do suggest that you do listen to strict scrutiny and look up the major questions doctrine because it is essentially a catch-all made-up doctrine by some George W. Bush appointee on the federal court that lets them take these cases that they have no business taking just so they can oppose their right wing agenda on the United States of America. Right. Affirmative action, Judson. You thought we were mad now. <laughs> we're about to get madder. Matter? Matter, sure. So what did they do in the affirmative action case, Judson? They gutted affirmative action? They killed it? Yes, in college admissions. Colleges can no longer consider race during the admissions process. Except 
insofar as a candidate may describe how race impacted their lives in an essay or something like that. Sure. So one of the big arguments with respect to affirmative action in college admissions is that it takes merit-based admissions out of the equation, right? You mean one of the wrong arguments about affirmative action? It is a wrong <laughs> argument. You want to tell everyone why? That's not how it works. Like merit is still considered. The whole point of considering race is to make sure that you have a diverse student body that draws from many different backgrounds to make a stronger cohort of students coming into your institution. Absolutely. It also gives you, eventually gives you more diverse faculty who are then able to mentor those students with more diverse backgrounds more effectively. And on top of all of that, the idea of considering race also gives a small leg up to those who have been negatively impacted by our, our system of white supremacy. That's the only thing you can call it. That are the institutions that we have in this country. That John Roberts champions. <laughs> right. I want to touch on a couple of things you said there. Sure. One is that, yes, absolutely. It is about creating a more diverse campus and a more diverse educational experience. But that also expands outward. And this is in one of the descents into the real world in our daily lives. Because of affirmative action and admissions, we have more professionals of color in general. Yeah. In KBJ's dissent, she cites some statistics about how the professional diversity fostered by affirmative action in college admissions actually saves lives. She cites a study that showed black doctors are more likely to correctly assess a patient's pain tolerance and prescribe them pain medication accordingly. Also, having a black doctor more than doubles the survival rate of high-risk black new they take the concerns of their patients of color more seriously than a white doctor does. Right. A female doctor takes the concerns of their female patients more seriously than a male doctor does. So this has far-reaching impact. And the other part of that is that you take affirmative action away and you're just taking one group's leg up and kicking it out from under them. Wealthy white kids have non-merit-based buttons that are being pushed sure. to give them a leg up in the process. Legacy admissions, sports uh, scholarships for made-up sports for all intents and purposes? I mean, do we remember the Lori Laughlin situation? Right. <laughs> also, prior to admissions, white kids are far more likely to have access to all manner of expensive prep courses that their peers of color don't, which gives the illusion of the white kids being more qualified more deserving. Right. They get the SAT prep classes and they get... Right. Yeah, absolutely. Also, far too many of you white people, you yeah. think you're aggrieved when you're not, actually. <laughs> think, think about it. Oh, I, I don't have to think about it. I know it. <laughs> many, many more people feel aggrieved by affirmative action programs than actually are. So there may be a university that, for example, because of affirmative action, let's say 500 additional students get in who might not have otherwise... But 30,000 applicants who were denied might all feel that they were left out because of affirmative action. I talk to my students about driving around a crowded parking lot and you keep going and going and all the spots are taken except one that's reserved for service vehicles. And you think, dude, if that were not reserved, I'd be parked and I'd be shopping by now. Mm. But there's a hundred cars circling and all a hundred drivers think they're the ones who are being disadvantaged mm. because the one spot is reserved. Reality, only one of you are. That was Evan Kamaker, a former dean and former law professor at the University of Michigan, talking to CBS News. I mean, if you're, if you're merit-based, if we're talking merit, actual merit-based, you cannot possibly think that only white people are going to get those 500 spots. That's absurd. Right. The vast majority of those 30,000 got rejected because they weren't good enough. They got rejected based on merit. There is one good argument against affirmative action, Judson. Okay. I'm Clarence Thomas. <laughs> 
Were it not for affirmative action, and he admits this, he would not be where he is today. <laughs> you know, maybe he's trying to right a wrong. I'm sorry, you're saying racism has a good side? Is that what you're telling me? I'm just shitting on Clarence Thomas. <laughs> Justin, do you remember the last time the Supreme Court granted a business the right to refuse service to a protected group? The last time the Supreme Court granted a business the right to refuse service. Uh service you might be struggling here yeah i mean because it's never happened okay as justice sotomayor said in her dissent on the 303 creative anti-gay rights decision right this is quote the first time in history the supreme court has granted a business open to the public a constitutional right to refuse to serve members of a protected class that's chilling by itself right this case is another one where the plaintiff had absolutely no standing. And if you thought the standing acrobatics that the Federal Society Stooges gave us on the student loan debt forgiveness case were impressive, wait until you see the performance in 303 Creative. <laughs> Lori Smith is a website designer and owner of 303 Creative. Right. She had not once ever created or offered to create wedding websites. Yeah. Also, no one asked her to design a gay wedding website. But Tino, isn't that what she's suing about? <laughs> <laughs> the affidavit her side submitted was from a married straight guy named Stuart. He didn't want to use his last name. He told the New Republic that he'd never requested any wedding website, much less a gay one. What? This fucking reeks. The entire case is hypothetical. So there's no injured party? No, there is no injured party. Wh where's my gavel? Because case dismissed. <laughs> That's what you're supposed to do there, right? Yeah. I am not a lawyer, but I've seen this done before. What it looks like is that this case was cooked up by far-right, anti-gay, so-called Christian lobbyists or activists to invite an activist Supreme Court to take away the civil rights of a protected group. And the lawsuit itself has not a shred of validity. What perplexes me when I listen to some of these Supreme Court expert podcasts or watch the videos or read the articles is a lot of times they seem to be approaching this Roberts court as if it has a shred of credibility. Right. Don't some of these opinions, particularly some of the ones we're talking about today, aren't they disqualifying in terms of considering someone to be credible as a professional? I think the mistake that they're making in analyzing these cases is assuming that there's any sort of good faith effort that norms apply. by the court to do the job that they think the court is supposed to do. You've got multiple members sitting on the court with illegitimate seats that they should not have had. And they're chosen by one group, yeah. the Federal Society, who are also corrupt for one reason these reasons and that is to the cases we're getting right now are the reasons right to further a right-wing agenda these are not legitimate jurists agreed justice sotomayor she actually read a summary of her dissent in court Good. to underscore her disagreement she said that the, the decision's logic quote cannot be limited to discrimination on the basis of sexual orientation or gender identity a website designer could refuse to create a wedding website for an interracial couple. A stationer could refuse to sell a birth announcement for a disabled couple. A large retail store could limit its portrait services to traditional families. I 
think the Roberts court's okay with that. Well, I'm going to put this out here right now. Okay. Judson, I want you to start a business making websites. Done. Don't worry. You'll never have to do any work. <laughs> like, like I was going to. I know that's usually a deal killer for you. <laughs> now, for me, I know I'm gay, but I'm single. And what I'm looking for is a like-minded black woman to agree to marry me so we can then formally request that Judson's new web design business can refuse to make our wedding website and then we'll sue him. We'll never actually have to get married, so don't worry about that. <laughs> and already, Judson, we've put way more work into making this a legitimate lawsuit than the right-wing Christo-fascist lobby did in bringing through a three-creative. <laughs> At least we'd actually have standing. Yeah. You can even throw it in the suit that I uh, I caused the failure of your relationship. The stress yeah. of, of of this this whole debacle caused your relationship to wither. Who would have thought that in my relationship with a woman <laughs> that it would not be the absence of a dick but the <laughs> presence of a dick that would have caused the relationship to dissolve, Judson. Oh, no, actually, yes, I, I, just I, totally expected, I totally expected that, actually. Okay. <laughs> Let's talk about what we can do, all right? Let's speed through this because most of these things, there's no stomach for. Sure. Maybe all of them. Right. <laughs> One of the things we did do is Biden created that waste of time court reform committee that was absolutely useless. It was never going to accomplish anything anyway. The composition of the committee alone made it certain that nothing substantive was ever going to come of it. Yep. So one of the options on the table is at least hypothetically is expanding the court which is what we should do but that'd be great it's not gonna happen no stomach for it biden actually said yesterday i think that quote i think that may do too much harm i think that if we start a process of trying to expand the court we're going to politicize it maybe forever in a way that's not healthy too late train left station <laughs> turn limits another good idea yeah let's do all of these let's do all of it yeah not gonna happen at least not in the foreseeable future so that's how i get to where we started, which is to disregard their decisions. And we can do that. Biden can do that because there is no uh, enforcement wing of the Supreme Court. Federal court enforcement is actually the responsibility of the executive branch. Biden can alone opt not to enforce their decisions. Now, some problems. He'd probably get impeached. Potentially, sure. He's probably going to get impeached anyway, so. They're <laughs> <laughs> good pa still passing the house. <laughs> I, I don't know. I guess that's a bullet I'm willing to take. I don't think the Senate would convict them anyway. Yeah, I, I they don't, don't have the votes. I don't think that would be an issue. The other issue is that it's basically blowing up the Supreme Court, sure. not literally, but I mean, saying, okay, well, we don't have that body anymore. That's not a working part of government. I mean, I, I think the the biggest concern I would have would simply be that the next Republican to get into office is going to do the same thing with decisions they don't like if they ever get any, but they're going to do that anyway, right? Yeah. Yeah. So it doesn't matter if they're going to do that anyway, why would we be the only ones to play by the rules? That's how we keep getting fucked. That is exactly how it happens. So yeah, just ignore it. All right, that's what I suggest. I already know what we're calling this episode, and it's going to suggest that we do exactly that. The Supreme Court is broken. There's no reason to listen to them when they do this anymore. Sorry, Roberts, you've destroyed the court. You and the, your buddies in the Federalist Society. It's on you, bud, and the people that uh, wouldn't vote for Hillary. Yep. We'll be right back. Hey, FNFers, Judson here. Tino and I are always looking to interact more with our fantastic audience. If you have questions, ideas, complaints, or just need a friend, you can reach out to us at factsandfriends at gmail.com. That's facts, the letter N, friends at gmail. And if you want to make a more intimate connection, I'm on Twitter at the fault in my arse. Again, the fault, the letter N, my arse. And you can find Tino at Uncle Tortilla. We can't wait to hear from you. 
Thank you all so much for listening to the show this week. The Facts and Friends podcast is independently created from start to finish by me and Judson with occasional but valuable contributions from some of our very smart, very talented friends. Before we get to our big closed topic game, I just wanted to ask that you please help me and Judson out by supporting us over on Patreon.com at Patreon.com slash Facts and friends spelled out. If you can't spare a few bucks right now, we do totally understand. We we just ask that you help us by telling your like-minded friends in real life and or social media to listen and subscribe. Another totally free way you can help keep Facts and Friends on the air is by giving us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. Also, a very special thanks to those of you, including the person that just left us that five-star review. Thank you. Finally, Judson, we only have two episodes left this season. We're almost done. So close. <laughs> After which we'll be going on a short hiatus. I think it'll be about a month. Listeners, please keep sending us your questions for our between season mailback episode or episodes. You can literally ask us anything. Just send those to us through Twitter or Facebook. <laughs> well, if you haven't been kicked off Twitter for reaching <laughs> <Right>. your <Yeah>. reading <laughs> maximum. <laughs> You can also email them to us anytime at facts and friends, facts, the letter and friends at gmail.com. And this is new, Judson. If we read your question on the air and you feel comfortable giving us your address or someone's address, <laughs> we will send you an official facts and friends podcast car magnet, not a bumper sticker because no one's that into us. It's a magnet. You can take it off. Better make it a PO box just in case. Like, don't, don't, don't give us your <laughs> yeah. actual address, please. It's also a great way to say fuck you to your Republican neighbors without them even knowing. <laughs> Where's the fun in that? All right, Judson. We played this game for the very first time on our last show. Uh-huh. The game is I a, was real good at it. I remember. You were terrible. <laughs> you were it's terrible. A, no, you were terrible. <laughs> we sound like the back and forth majority opinion and dissents in the <laughs> Supreme that's Court. Right. That's we're, what we're, we're doing. It's a bit. <laughs> you know, now it's a bit. <laughs> <laughs> this game is a parody-ish of a reality TV show called The Masked Singer, wherein celebrities disguise their identities and sing for an audience and panel of judges who try to then guess the singer's identities. Celebrity is also used very loosely in this show. Very loosely. <laughs> and I'll explain why. They actually had their own right-wing whack job contestants. Remember when Sarah Palin and Rudy Giuliani were on the show, Jetson? I mean, I didn't watch, but I did know about that, yes. Well, I assure you both contestants were as talented as they were well-received. <laughs> ah. Our version of the game is a little like that, only there's no singing, and we have even worse people. <laughs> Also, I don't even get to see costumes. I just have to like hear no costumes. hear voices. Oh, the last time I slowed them down, this time I sped them up. Oh, great. I will play a clip of a right wing personality, loosely using that term, with their voice disguised. And Judson, you will try to identify who is speaking. Feel free to play along at home. Now, Judson is super hard to fool because he's as online as least as much as I am, but I'm banking on him having been on vacation yep. and me being a tricky little bitch. <laughs> Both things that are very true, I can confirm. <laughs> All right. We have 10 mass right-wingers, Judson. How many can you correctly identify? I don't know, three. Have some confidence, man. I, I, I'm counting on you being a tricky little bitch all right here's your first one let me give you a, a travel one if you're a socialist communist somebody that believes in big government i would think twice think twice if you think about taking a vacation or moving to florida god damn it is that i know i know the quote think twice uh but was if you're a liberal but was it desantis no it was uh, it was rick scott let me give you a, a travel warning if you're a socialist communist, somebody that believes in big government, 
I would think twice. Think twice if you're thinking about taking a vacation or moving to Florida. Correct. Yes. Oh, that was a trick. I was hoping that you would say DeSantis, <laughs> but no, it was Rick Scott yep. telling people of a particular political ideology or people with particular political views that they should not travel freely between states, at least to a particular state. Yeah. Because, I mean, you know. Smell that freedom, baby. <laughs> Another deep cut. <laughs> <laughs> that drop is from our friends at Don't Tread on Me, Rika. Friends, again, used very loosely here. Longtime listeners will recall that we had a podcast war with them over the course of two shows back in season one. Which we won. I believe it was episodes 18 and 19. It's it's pretty good. I strongly suggest you listen. <laughs> in 19, we teased the fact that we're forgetting that we needed to follow up because they heard the first show right, they did. and they had thoughts. <laughs> well, thoughts is a good, a strong word for anything they've ever done with their brain. We're also way overdue for a follow-up on those morons, Judson. What do you say? Season four? Yep, sure. That makes sense. All right. Here's your next one. You have one point. You only need six to win. All right. I will tell you, if you're going to call Moms for Liberty a hate group, then, then put me right there in them. I'm sorry, what? Something about Moms for Liberty? If they're going to call Moms for Liberty a hate group, then put me right there with them. Uh... MTG? I will tell you, if you're going to call Moms for Liberty a hate group, then then put me right there in them. Sorry, it's Nikki Haley. Oh, dang it. What's interesting is that after that, Moms for Liberty released a newsletter quoting Hitler. Yeah, they did do that. That's true. Damn it. I knew that was, I knew Haley said that. Ah. But Nikki will put you right there. In, I thought you would get that one. I, Honestly, I these heard are it, the easy ones. It's, it's been a little while, so. Okay, Judson, are you ready? I'm ready. You've got one right. One one row, row. Yeah, yeah. eight to go. You can't celebrate people with purple hair, with nose rings, four kids with four different men who are dressed like trash, and make them out to be some sort of cutting-edge heroes. You have to call them what they are. These are people that have failed in life, and they're on their deathbed. Judson? Wh what? <laughs> Do it one more time? Uh, uh, like the, the beginning. You can't celebrate people... With purple hair, with nose rings, four kids with four different Is this our hair. new uh, um, Fox News host? That's correct. Jesse Waters. It's Jesse Waters. <laughs> 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 Talking about unhoused people and people with purple hair and nose, nose rings, rings. That we should discriminate against them. Right. We should stigmatize them. Dick. <sighs> All right, two and one. Let's move this along. This abhorrent behavior is unacceptable for a member of Congress. To not carry out a censure would be a miscarriage of justice and a dereliction of our sworn duty as members of the House of Representatives. We must preserve the integrity of the U.S. House of Representatives. Who is lecturing us about preserving the integrity of the House of Representatives, Judson? Um, I mean, I know, uh, oh, is it Santos? This abhorrent behavior is unacceptable for a member of Congress. It's George Santos, yes. that's correct. Yes. <laughs> okay, we gotta make this harder, because <laughs> no, you're, you're you're three up. I got my three. Only three I, away from winning the game. No, no, that's it. I, I've moral victory. I'm good. I got my three. All right. So <laughs> for this next one, our masked right winger isn't going to say anything at all. What? Instead, I'm going to play the reaction of the crowd when this person is introduced, and then you'll tell me who it is. Now, if you'd like. <laughs> I can tell you the type of event and where the event took place is a little hint. Okay. You can ask for that. I will not penalize you for it. Okay.
Okay. Is it Garth Brooks? <laughs> Remember, they're a right winger. Garth Brooks is not a right winger. Oh, right winger. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Yeah. Sunlight music. Okay. So was it at a concert? As I guess is my question. No, it was not at a concert. Okay. A lot of music going on there. It was at a political rally. Okay. So someone got booed at a political rally. In South Carolina. Who the hell gets booed in South Carolina? I got nothing. It was a Trump rally. It was a Trump rally? Mm-hmm. But it wasn't Trump. It, no, it wasn't Trump. Uh, who would appear with Trump? Three seconds. I don't know, man. Tim Scott. Got booed in his own state. <laughs> All right, here we go. I'm going to play it. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome United States Senator Lindsey Graham. Damn it. I knew I should have gone with Lindsey. I knew I should have gone with him. Very nice. Damn it. all I've done for you. I picked the wrong senator from South Carolina. Yeah, you did. Ah, damn. All right. So now three right, two wrong. Sure. Here we go. I told you I already won on my on my score. So you should be a Republican. <laughs> I told you, you asked me how many I was going to get. I said three. I got three. I win. And together we would take a shower in the basement. We had a daily meeting when we took showers in the basement. Am I allowed to say that? <laughs> what? They took showers together in the basement. They'd have daily meetings. Am I allowed to say that? <laughs> Who was having daily meetings in the shower in a basement? I have no idea. <laughs> this is a hard one. That's Jim Bridenstein, oh. former Oklahoma congressman. Oh, that guy. Talking about his time in Congress taking showers together with none other than Ron putting hands to man tits. <laughs> I'm sorry, Judson. I, I need to apologize here. Just take a second. I got called out by our listeners on the whole Demantits thing. Oh, did you? It's apparently not cool to call him that. So from now on, I'm not going to use it anymore. I'm going to refer to him as Ron D. Mantits. Oh, stressing the D. Got it. That should placate <laughs> our offended <laughs> listeners. Yeah. <laughs> any any thoughts on putting hands in Bridenstine showering together, Judson? I would like to never have thoughts about that ever in <laughs> okay. my entire life. Thank you. All right. Three, three, four left. Yeah. Here we go. I'm out of town, thugging with my rounds. My coochie pink, my booty hole brown. That's all you get. That's all I get? You want me to play it again? Is it Shapiro? <laughs> It is Shapiro. How did you get that? Uh, that I'm good is at ben this. Shapiro. I did not think you'd get that one. He likes to quote. It was a song lyric, right? Yeah, he's quoting song lyrics. <laughs> That's, he likes to do that to be, you know, hip like the kids. I'm out of town, thugging with my rounds, my coochie pink, my booty hole brown. <laughs> All right. So now you've gotten four correct. Three incorrect yep. with three left. You only need to get two out of the next three right to win the game, Judson. Okay. Here we go. I feel like we're getting back to a point where somebody's going to have to pull a trigger because everything we hold dear, everything this country was founded on, is being just dragged through the mud and mocked and made fun of. This country was founded on godly principles. No matter how offensive that is to the left, it's true. Oh, I don't know. Who who said they're going to tr- pull a trigger? We need to start pulling the trigger. Yeah. Um, there's too many, too many to, to choose from. They're all crazy. Throw a guess out there. I was going to say, uh, who's the one we hate the most? Roy? Chip, was Chip Roy? Is that his name? I don't know that I hate him the most, but I <laughs> don't like him. The two guys that we're going to, that, that were, anyway, that doesn't matter. The, the, no, you're wrong. Yeah, that's fine. I feel like we're getting back to a point where somebody's going to have to pull a trigger because everything we hold dear, everything this country was founded on is being just dragged through the mud. Two words, Judson. Bloody sock. Oh, my God. That's Kurt Schilling. 
Yes. Oh, I'm glad I didn't recognize his voice. That's excellent. So now it's 4-4. Four, four. You have to get both right to win. You can still talk. I've already told you. I won. Okay. Keep going. Sam Alito agrees with you. <laughs> You're a white guy. Of course he won. Hear me when I say this. Trump is, in my opinion, the first woman president of the United States. I know this one. Trump is the first woman president of the United States. Roseanne Barr. <laughs> That's correct. It's Roseanne Barr, Johnson. <laughs> I know that one. <laughs> I still don't know what the fuck she was talking about, but I do know that she said that. <laughs> she also said this. That is the truth. And nobody died in the Holocaust either. And oh, God. Yeah. It should happen. It, Six million Jews should die right now because they cause all the problems in the world. But it never <laughs> happened. But it never happened. What host of what show laughs when Roseanne Barr says that six million Jews should die? I don't know. Some white supremacist show, right? I honestly don't know. I, I, I clipped the audio. And I, I was so like dazed and stunned that she said what she said. Yeah. Justin, did her doctor like triple her ambient script? Because clearly you know, it's, it's the ambient talking, <laughs> no, no, right? She switched over to the generic ambient and for some reason it's a lot stronger than the uh, than the name brand stuff. It's really weird. Way worse anti-Semitic uh, side effects from the uh, generic ambient. It's so crazy. Like her argument is Jews cause all the problems in the world. Mm -hmm. Okay. Don't see that. All right, Judson. This is for all the marbles. Okay. This is the actually win. Just not to actually like win, yeah. white person. Not a moral victory. Yeah. A, a white meet. person merit win. That's <laughs> all you get. <laughs> That's all I get. That's all you get. That's all I get. I'll forgive you if you don't get this one. Uh, I haven't slept since I saw the video clip, which is much worse than the audio. I'm going to just say Trump because that's how you got me the last time. So bonus points if you can tell me who this person was thinking of while making the noises. Uh, no, I cannot. Uh, uh, uh. It is Trump. Oh, um, shit. He's making fun of them. No, he's thinking of Ivanka Judson. <laughs> <laughs> that is our show for this week congratulations justin you have won our first big yes. game of the mass right winger <laughs> we will see you i think we're back next week right yep we can record next week all yep, right absolutely. we will see you next week yep when who knows what will happen? I won't know because there's no Twitter anymore. Right, right. Twitter is dead. <laughs> Two more shows. Get us those questions. <laughs>Justin, ah. while you were out taking in the unparalleled art and culture of Ohio, <laughs> there, there was quite a bit of maritime news. No, I can't tell you all how many awards this show has won for its reporting of maritime news. <laughs> many, many, um, so many, I can't even think of one. None, Judson. No, it's not. It's, it's, it's none. Yeah, that's why I can't tell. Them. Are there awards for maritime news? Is that a thing? In podcasting? It's like <laughs> people love to give themselves fucking awards. So it I'm doesn't sure be podcasting specific. I just, I don't know that I've heard of like the, what would you call them? Like the, the wet Emmys? The Wemmies? What, what, what would that even be? The Wet Emmys exists. I think it's some sort of like a <laughs> oh, no. Pornhub.com <laughs> award. 